mates. Welcome into the Little Dum Dum Club. My name is Tommy Dasolo. Sitting opposite me, my co-host, Carl Chandler. G'day, dickhead. And what do you got going on in your life at the moment, Carl? What's happening? Um, I've actually, what was it, a day ago, uh, it was my girlfriend's birthday. Ah, clang. Yeah, so I don't want to brag too much, but my girlfriend was born at some stage <laughs> and has had an anniversary of that. So um, what I did was uh, I, I organised a, a surprise birthday party. And by surprise, I mean I, it was even a surprise to me. I think I did it with about two days' notice. Oh, good. And uh, I booked the restaurant about a day to go, and I hit up all her – I went through her Facebook friends and, and found a, a bunch of her friends and invited them all and whatever. So what ha- what sort of happened was we turned up at the restaurant, and she didn't know anything about it, and it was sort of going to be a bit of a ta-da moment mm-hmm. where I bring her into the restaurant, and there's this big table of her friends, and she didn't know, and it's you know it looked like I was unplanned, but I was actually really planned. Here's all of her friends. It's like this is your life or something. We walked in. There was two people – sitting at a 14-person table. Oh, no. And 12 of them had pulled out in the time between. I I hadn't checked my Facebook and email and my phone and whatever. So just instead of it being really great, it looked like either I was the worst organiser in the world or she has no friends. Oh, God. That's like... That's that is something that you see in a movie or a TV show and you just the tragedy of it, you think, but that would never happen. Yep. Oh, so and, did and you... then she was like facing away from the the door, and I was facing her. So every two seconds, I'd be looking over her shoulder, going, "Oh, is that is that one of her friends?" And then she'd turn around and be like, "Oh no, that's the that's the waiter." Oh, okay. You should have just tried to pass it off like it wasn't a surprise party, and that it was just a coincidence that those two friends of hers were there. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That would have been your saver. Yeah. So you were saying the option was either she's got no friends, or you're a bad organizer. Did you wear the blame? Did you go, oh, I messed up. I didn't give people enough notice. I didn't. Yeah, oh, I had to. Yeah. No, as if I'm going to give her the blame and go, what's, what's wrong, Nelly No Mates? What, what have you done with your life that's going to end with this? God, I organise a nice dinner. The least you can do is have some people that like you. That's happened for the last 30 I've years. I held up my end yeah. of the bargain. <laughs> you really blew this. Wow. See, that that is why I... I would never want... Have you had a surprise party thrown for you? No. I would never want one thrown for me for that reason. Yeah, For yeah. that very reason. Um, have you... Is this the first time you've planned a surprise party? Yes. And yeah. I would dare say the last. Well, let's put inverted commas around planned, but yep. yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'd, I'd hate to have a, a, a party thrown for me because I would, I would definitely... I'm a glass half empty person, I think, <laughs> and I'd be looking at each one of those 12 empty chairs going... You assholes. Yeah. I don't know who you are, but you're an asshole. But what were their reasons? What were their reasons that came up? Oh, they'd work. They were sick. They oh, was... that's, I mean, I've met your girlfriend. She's lovely. Yeah, I know. Well, People would want to bail on her. They, well, uh, I guess they were real reasons. You know, I can only assume. I mean, it doesn't help that I've given not very much notice. Twelve coincidences in one night. Yeah. I mean, something's going on. Maybe you're looking well, at Well, there wasn't all 12 in one night. There was probably, I think, like six or eight. And then the other four had bailed like the day before or, or uh, just couldn't, couldn't go come. or yeah, yeah. whatever it was. I don't know. Maybe you're looking at your girlfriend with rose-coloured glasses. I mean, maybe she smells. That could be it. And you just because you live with her now, you've just become accustomed to the smell. Well, I know? feel a bit like a loser because I'm one of the only people that have stuck by her. I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I think I'm doing something wrong. What, what can't I see that everyone else sees? Yeah, sure, exactly. Oh, man, that's horrendous. Yeah, I, uh, I'm a, I should have dumped her for a birthday. Yeah. I should have gone with the winners, gone with the winning crowd. Everyone else is just bowling. Yeah. <laughs> this is the best surprise party ever. The big oh. surprise is that she didn't turn up. Oh. Yay! I um yeah I, I find uh, I, I find parties for me to be very uncomfortable. Do you know what I mean? I don't I don't enjoy it. 
I kind of don't enjoy it. I sort of parties don't for like... you or parties for parties for me when I've had you know like own birthday parties. Right. I just find it very uncomfortable, especially when you've planned it yourself. It feels like you're going, "Look at me, everyone! How good am I?" Yeah, hey. yeah. I just find it very, ugh, I don't know. The center of attention. Yeah, I know. I know what you mean because I mean you can do comedy and be on stage and it's all blah blah blah. But in terms of party, it's like all you can do is sort of be looked at and be congratulated. And you're yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. thanks. Yeah. Yep. Like I've had dinners a couple of times for my birthday the last couple of years, and my friends have done that thing where they get the the, the waiters to bring out a cake. And I hate that because it feels like, even though you haven't organised it, it feels like you're sitting there going, yes, everyone, sing to me. Yeah, yeah, sing, yeah. Bring me my little cake and watch me eat it. I just get so uncomfortable. Yeah, I can't yeah. enjoy it. Well, it's, of course it is. It, it couldn't be any worse. Like it, It'd be hard, harder to get something else to embarrass you more than yeah. a bunch of people singing at you yeah. and, and pushing food at you. Then. I think I need to be more like your girlfriend and just inspire less people to be friends with me. Yeah, you need yeah. to be a shit person. Yeah, yeah. Just save yourself some embarrassment and be hated by everyone. That's my tip. <laughs> So, folks, our guest today in the Little Dum Dum Club, you will know him as one of the team captains on Spicks and Specs. Please welcome into the Little Dum Dum Club, Alan Bro. Thank you, Tommy. Thank you, Carl. You've got your own little surprise party right here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't even know this was happening. You no. thought you were a... Uh... This, this many turned up to my girlfriend's party as well, so, yeah. yeah. Well, see, given it's not my birthday... And, you know, I, I just think this is wonderful. What more it of is... a surprise party can you have <laughs> yeah, exactly. when it's not your yeah, birthday? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm, surprised that there's, I'm surprised there's anything. Yeah. So, <laughs> so this is, every, every moment of this, for me, is just I, it's I'm... pewter. It's solid pewter. Uh, so, Alan, you ever, have you ever uh, been on either end of a surprise party? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, my tw- on my 21st, mm-hmm. uh, my girlfriend took me out to, my then-girlfriend took me out to dinner. Mm-hmm. And unbeknownst to me, uh, my friends were gathering at my house right. to uh, surprise me when we returned from dinner. Uh, unfortunately, at dinner, we had a huge fight. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yes. And split up. <laughs> and so she drove off uh, in the car and I walked back home. Uh, to my house, which we were quite a long way away from my house. And when I got home, I was furious and didn't have a girlfriend anymore. And so what had happened is that they had, everyone had gone into the lounge and closed the door Mm -hmm. because it was the only room in the house that had a reliably closing door. So everyone was in there. And so when I came home, the idea was they wouldn't have to prepare. They'd just, I'd open the door Mm -hmm. and they'd just go, ah, there you are, (laughs) surprise. So the thing is that the hall to, um, at the end of which was my bedroom, just went straight past the lounge. I just walked right past the lounge into my bedroom and went to bed furious, unbeknownst to me. And this is hours after I meant to have arrived home. Everyone in the lounge room, it's like Lord of the Flies with cask wine. They're blind. They're absolutely blind. And all, there's all this. Are they still there? Most of them are still there. And you, you can't hear them over the sound of your own tears. Oh, I know. I hear the cascade, the, the Victoria Falls that was my emotional state. And so they've been drinking cask wine for, let's say, let's say conservatively three and a half hours oh. and eating snack food. But really quietly. Oh, well, no, no, no. For the first, the thing is that they, they, they were... Uh, I don't know how I didn't hear them because basically they'd forgotten about me. Right. I woke up in the morning and the only way that I knew there was had been a surprise party <laughs> planned 
is that I went into the lounge room and there's four people unconscious in the lounge, <laughs> fully clothed. And I went, right. what are you doing? And they went, oh, oh, come to. And this, the whole thing is just, you know, it's covered in casks and empty bowls and chip packets and stuff like that. And I said, what are you doing? And they said, we were here for your birthday. I said, that was yesterday, and which I thought added insult to injury. Yeah. <laughs> right guys had turned up a day late, and they went, we've been here, we've been here since you went out for dinner. Oh. <laughs> Can I just ask, um, just to backtrack in the story, was your girlfriend at the time in on the surprise? Yes, yeah, she organised it. So hang on, she she's all orga- <laughs> that yeah. makes it even funnier because she knows about it. Yeah, and then she's just driving off on you yeah. and not even following through with the surprise. Man, we had a big blue, and and it 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 is it's totally it was. I can't remember the details of it, the particulars of what we were fighting about, but I have this strange syndrome where I become inappropriately surly or downhearted. Mm-hmm. At days of celebration. <laughs> right. So, for instance, on birthdays, mm-hmm. um, my, my, my girlfriend and I will go out. Well, we don't anymore. We don't do anything for any celebratory day. Because she's learned. Because she's learned. <laughs> I mean, other people's are fine. I'm totally into sure. it. I'm like making things and, you know, cutting out potato stars and printing them on bits of paper and making, <laughs> you know, wrapping paper and stuff like Drink, that. Drinking cast wine in people's houses for hours. <laughs> I'm a crazy man. I can't be stopped <laughs> drinking potato wine in people's houses. It's just um, so. Uh, but what will happen is what used to happen is she would say, "Well, it's your birthday. Let's go out for dinner." We'd go out of the house, and I'd go, "Oh, I don't know what I want." Well, we'll go here. We'd get there. Is there anything here? No, I don't. I don't like anything on this menu. <laughs> and one day she just went to me, "Oh, fuck you! <laughs> We're never doing this again." And I went, "Yeah, okay, that's fair enough. That's what I expect." It's just. It's it's really it's something I've never been able to s- solve as to why I do it. Well, now I'm starting to get a clearer picture of why your girlfriend broke up with you. In the <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She um, she went on to quite quickly after that have four children. We're still we're still in touch. All right, okay. Um, and she's a wonderful person. But but I I strongly suspect that any argument was started by my um, baseless surliness and glass. Well, it's not even glass half empty. The glass isn't there anymore because kids <laughs> broke into the house and stole the glass, ground it up, and fed it to a kitten. Well, someone smashed the glass after they drank the cask wine out of it and <laughs> exactly. woke up lying on yeah. it. I guess it could have been worse in the end. Like, your girlfriend at the time could have come to the uh, surprise party and conceived those four children at the party <laughs> while you were crying in your bedroom. That would have made it much worse. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that, that... Conceiving four children at one party. Yeah. Man, that would yeah. be on some sort of... That would be on the cover of a magazine, that surely. Been, that's, that's, that's a mad game of just, twister yeah. right there. <laughs> Take that, Octo-Mum. Just fueled by the pure spite of yeah. the argument she's had with you at yeah. dinner. That, that public... I hate you so much, I have extra wounds now. <laughs> that public fighting fascinates me, though. I've been out and seen people you know, fighting in public, and even when I've fought with my girlfriend in public, it's that very, oh, you know it's happening. Happening to you, but you can't stop oh, yeah. it from happening, and you've seen what it looks like. But yeah. oh, yeah, it's one of the like I've seen people get broken up with in public at restaurants. And oh, stuff. oh no, yeah, yeah. Have I talked about this before? No. There was a, I went once. I went to a Chinese restaurant with my girlfriend, and we sat r- like within a foot of another table. Oh. And all that happened was this guy degraded his girlfriend oh, for man. half an hour, and she didn't even speak for half an hour because she was crying the whole time, oh. and he just went. Right, and this is why you're dragging me down, and this is why you've ruined my life, and you're holding me back, and my career's not going anywhere, and my personal life's not going anywhere because of you, because of all the things that are wrong with you. That's it. 
I'm out of here. I'm going. And then he just gets up and walks off as the waiter brings in the meals and just puts them there. And she's just sitting there crying. And the waiter's like, here's your soup. Um, So she's had to pay pay for the rest of it. To any new people that walk into the restaurant, she just looks like some lonely, crying fat girl with two meals in front of her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's horrendous. I, I have a recurring thing. I think when you see people arguing at a distance in a restaurant, the minute you hear cutlery getting slammed down on a plate, that's when you know shit's gotten real. Yeah. You know that, that distinctive sound of someone chucking their knife down in anger? You go, that's it. They're, yeah. not, they're not getting over this one anytime soon. Yeah, they don't want to be holding on to that knife in the, during the next part of the conversation because they're worried <laughs> that... I remember being at the tram stop one time and there were two people dressed in tracksuits and I'll just that's all I'll say about the way they look. And I just... And they were, they they're were, in training, obviously. And they, <laughs> were, um, and they were clearly fighting with each other. The body language was such that they were fighting with each other. And, and, and I was walking towards them and I thought, oh, I wonder what... And all I got was... I'll get you bloody money, Nicole, if you just shut up. <laughs> and that was that was the and Nicole stormed off. Oh, and God. I just remember thinking, well done, Nicole. You're better off without him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's holding you back. <laughs> Could have done it in a Chinese restaurant, though. That would have given it exactly. a bit more class. Man. So, um, Alan, uh, we, we mentioned in the intro, people will know you from uh, Spicks and Specs. Yep. Your role on that wildly uh, popular show. Now, we we get uh, we get weird feedback sometimes through doing this podcast, and I imagine uh, I imagine the show Spicks and Specs would lend itself to some some interesting kind of view of feedback. Is that is that fair? Um. I imagine it does. <laughs> no, look, I, I, I have to tell you, I've, I, I don't have, I have very thin skin. <laughs> right. Okay. So I don't, and I think that the internet particularly has allowed people to instantly make available what they used to just think. Yes. And then go, oh man, I'm glad I didn't say that to anybody. Yeah. yeah. So I try to avoid. Um, any anything written about the show by right. professional journalists or by total nutbags. Right. So and I so I'm so sometimes I one and the same. Yeah, to well, be exa- fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can't. So I can't really help you w- with it. Um, I well, surely people that come to the show or, or you meet people on the street and and things like that. Oh yeah, yeah. You do. What, can I just say what I was looking for when I brought that up was a story. I thought I, I thought we were going to get a great story of of some 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 old nana in the street coming up and going, "I love you, Alan, bro." Oh, I was looking for knitting a little a little Alan, bro, maybe or. (laughs) Oh no, I haven't had anything like that. Um, I um, what the the the, I don't really get approached that often. Um, I think because everyone imagines that I'll be a lot shorter than I am. (laughs) Yeah, you are pretty tall. Yeah, yeah. So they go, that guy, he, he must be. He's he a giant Alan like Bro. Guy. Yeah, there's yeah. That he giant, ate Alan Bro. There's that giant inflatable Alan Bro that, that will eventually be used at used car yards when the guy can't get another job. <laughs> so, um, what, what sort of car customers would that bring in? Well, I don't know, but you know, with the arms, you know, those things with the arms flapping that they blow wind yeah, up. Yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. So I'll be sort of like there, yeah. you know. Oh, I um, like Spicks and Specs, and I need a new Corolla, so yeah, I might exactly. just pop yeah. in there. Yeah, Alan, is the radio in this good? Oh, it is. <laughs> um, a guy came up to me one time. And he said, oh, 
Spicks and Spicks, <laughs> which is how. No, actually, he didn't. That sounds really. like Dave O'Neill. <laughs> this is when he was on the show. Yeah. <laughs> One of the 75 times. Um, I think he has got the record. It was Hamish before him, but I think Dave O'Neill has surpassed Hamish in how many times he's been on. That's what can happens I... when you sleep overnight at the ABC studios. Can I say that I, 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 was, um, I, I did a little bit of writing on Spicks and Specs at one point, and Dave came in, and this was at the point where Hamish was still ahead of him, and Dave was very unhappy about it. <laughs> so I'm glad that he finally, uh, finally took the... I guess he probably just slept overnight in between doing stuff for Adam Hills's in Gordon Street yeah. tonight, and then yeah. well, and also recordings. Hamish leaving the country made it quite difficult True. for him to be involved. And I think, <laughs> and obviously, when you sign, when when you sign up exclusive to another network, then they're just going to go, man, you're not going on that show. Sure, yeah. Um, but a guy came up to me, he goes, oh, specs and specs, which is what, which is what people yell out when they want you to know that they know the sh- <laughs> they, the show. they have nothing to say, um, nothing to ask. And you. they don't know your yeah. name. <laughs> but, but, um, and this guy came in and he said, oh, mate, mate, I've watched every episode of the show at least once. Um, and I said... And I, and I there was that oh, one episode okay. I watched at least once. Oh, no, well, they, yeah. they, 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 they um, replay it all the time right. on ABC2 and on ABC. In fact, some guy once said to me, Oh, I've never watched it on Wednesday. I watch it at 5 a.m. on Monday mornings. And I said, what? Are you, do you tape it and then watch it then? Are you mad? He said, no, no, they replay it at 5 a.m. and I, I go to work early. So that's what I watch before I go to work. Do you use it as your aerobics Oz style? <laughs> I hadn't even 5 thought 5 a.m. Monday morning. Um, Spicks and Specs is the perfect thing to watch coming down off a crystal meth binge that's lasted all weekend. <laughs> um, and and a guy, this guy says, I've watched every episode of Specs and Specs at least once. It's my favourite show. I never miss it. I, Adam, I think you are amazing. Oh, yes. <laughs> and, and it's really interesting because we have very – we're really lucky because we, the, the, we, we've had a dream run. It's seven years in. There's still a million people a week watching the show. It's amazing. Mm. Um, I don't know what it is. I, it must be some sort of subliminal message <laughs> <laughs> because, really, I'm, we're all shot of it, uh, but people are still watching it. But, and we have, we have really um, – we have – Really lovely people come up to us and, and, and the people who come along to the studio audience. But people watch television in unexpected ways. Like they take in unexpected things mm-hmm. and ignore details like what our names are <laughs> that you would imagine are quite important. But what doing the show has taught me is that and, – and, and, and comedy also taught me a little bit of this – people aren't laughing – at what you think they're laughing at. Yes, yes. You can write a really beautifully constructed joke. You deliver it. The whole audience loves it. No one practically is laughing at that joke for the reason that you laugh at it. Sure. Which is a glorious thing. But it is also makes you... Re- it, it's good to remember how disposable television is, and, and radio as well, to, to an extent, because people just aren't taking in the information that you think they are. I mean, sure. I know people... A guy came up to me on the tram and said, Oh, good day, mate. I don't even like music, and I really like your show. And I had to say to him, Why? And he said, Couldn't tell you, mate. <laughs> Bright colours. Well, well, this is the thing. Kid, kids love it. And, and I've said to my friends whose kids love it, what do they like about it? No idea. And, and you just have to go, okay, that's great. The yeah. whole thing in, a, in an industry, and it's very much an industry, in an industry which is so focus-grouped, mm. so cue-score-driven, so ratings-driven, yep. 
at the end of the day, it appears to be incredibly random still, sure. which I yeah. like. I will say this. I, I get that a bit because I'm someone who, if I like something or don't like something, I can't, I don't, I can't get into conversations about why a movie worked for me or why it didn't work for me or why I like one band but not another. Mm. I just like what I like and I, I, just, I just don't think about it. Do you well, know what I mean? Like we, I never we, analyse. We put a lot of work into this show and, and we think we've got some good funny stories and jokes and whatever. And you know, The majority of guys that listen to this show are just listening because they think Tommy's a girl and he has yeah. a sexy voice. So <laughs> There you go. <laughs> well, you know, and... And I say, well done to everyone yeah, for that. Yeah, little kids like this show too because they think I'm their mother. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> and, Feeding and, time. And, and you have exposed the essential <clears throat> artifice of all media. Yes. Which, and, and, you know, the internet plays into this as well. You know, there are 58-year-old men who weigh 510 kilos who are size 8 Asian girls on the pool. Yeah. And you just go, <laughs> but isn't that what life's like? Yeah, sure. <laughs> It's just, in, on the internet and on radio, it's just writ large. When yeah. they meet you, they'll go, he can't be a lady, or if he is, I would suggest waxing. <laughs> but on the radio, they just go, he could be a lady. Yeah. I'm going with that. Sure. It's the deception. So, so you finished recording Spicks and Specs now? Yeah, it's all, we, it's we, all done. We did the finale show. We did an hour-long finale a few months ago. So it's been gone for a few months. You haven't yeah, done yeah. any apps for a few months. We so. only ever recorded for the first four or five months of the year anyway. Um, and uh, at the ABC, the more successful you are, the less time you have to do it. Right. Uh, it's sort of like an obstacle course. Right. But they go, oh, so you think you're good, eh? Well, let's see you go. <laughs> let's see you go through the smaller hoop <laughs> that's on fire, and all around it are dogs with piranhas attached to their mouths. And you go, all right, the dogs thing was a bit weird, but yeah. let's go for it. Um, all right, now go through Richard Moorcroft's mouth. <laughs> I love that Richard Moorcroft. I didn't know anything about him until Letters and Numbers. I don't know. I, He's I don't hot. Know about um, and uh, so yeah, and we so we filmed we filmed a, an hour long episode a few months ago. So it's done. So that's that. It's the last thing that will ever be done, um, filmed, of Specs and Specs. Right. Can you confirm that the four guests for the finale episode are all Dave O'Neill? <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, no, CGI we have, Nutty Professor style. We, we have. Um, we have. <laughs> God, that would be amazing if it was Dave O'Neill playing all sorts of no, different guests. No, Dave no. O'Neill as Denise Scott. And him going, these each count as a different appearance, guys. <laughs> it, no, you, Suck it, Hamish. You're almost right. <laughs> Basically, it, there are there's Denise Scott, Michelle Laurie, and um, I can't remember who the other one was. Um, and uh, Dave is playing. Oh, oh no, and Dave O'Neill. So it's Michelle, Denise, Dave O'Neill, and Richard Gill. Right. Dave O'Neill is playing Denise. Michelle and Richard Gill and Martin Lawrence is playing Dave O'Neill. Ah, <laughs> finally. Big, big O'Neill's house. Big O'Neill's yeah. house. Happy, Martin yeah. Lawrence, happy to be out of Big Mama's house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, we, so, yeah, that's, that's uh, we're, we're done. We're done. It's on the 23rd of November or something like right. that, the final episode. And then that's it. We're so out. are you missing it already? Are you, are you, are you, are you going and buying tons of fantails and... and, and... Bottles of beer for the the trivia questions and tampons and stuff like that just to just to quiz yourself now. Or? Uh, no, no, I, I I'm I'm not actually. Um, though, I think that would be a great idea. Well, I'm, I'm going to go into. We've just had, there's just a, like a convenience store things just opened around the corner from me. So I'm going to go in and I'm going to go and buy some beer 
some <laughs> fantails and some tampons, and I'm going to say, yep, all in the same bag, please. <laughs> I'm it's going, for a I'm, game. I'm going, I'm going home to amuse myself for a few hours. Um, I'm going home to give myself a good quizzing. And uh, No, so I, I haven't missed it. Um, I, I wasn't that sad simply because it went – it exceeded – the phrase exceeded everyone's wildest expectations. It's opposite when it comes to Specs and Specs because, you know, it was a music trivia show with three people on it that, well, people, a few people knew Adam um, and people knew Miff from Triple J, but then people didn't really know me. So it was, it was completely untried. And um, I'd seen you at the front of a Subaru dealership before. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, but I had less cachet. Yeah. Then. Yeah. <laughs> Your arms weren't as yeah, wavy yeah, back exactly. then. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, no one was really asking for advice. It was just more <laughs> kids were sort of urinating behind me. Um, and 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 it, and it's gone for two hundred and seventy-seven episodes yes. or something oh. like that for seven. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I, I I'm not disappointed because it's 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 great and it's it's allowed me to do a lot of other things and I think I'll miss it at the at the beginning of next year when we would normally be filming. Yeah. But we'll be on tour because we're going we're doing a live tour. That's what I was about to tell you. You got the you got the great thing of getting to do the victory lap around well, the country. Yeah, yeah. And um And Dave O'Neill and his car chasing you all the, all the <laughs> yeah. way around the country. Well, the just getting is, just getting drift off the back of the yeah. tour bus. It's um it's been really difficult to hide from Dave where we're gonna be at what time. <laughs> we've had to we've had to employ someone to cut all the ads out of the newspaper that he gets so that he doesn't know. Just just ring him up as a fake agent, going, "Oh, we need. I'll get you over to gig in Broome, so you yeah. can do your gigs at Cairns." Yeah, or yeah, or Burning Man festivals on somewhere. <laughs> we need a man. Wouldn't uh, it be Wouldn't it be great if you were saying, uh, you know, he he was able to eclipse Hamish because they did the thing on Channel Nine? Wouldn't it be great if, like, Hamish and Andy had gotten over to New York and they found that there was never a show, there was never a deal with Channel Nine, <laughs> it had just been Dave in disguise, just trying to get him out of the country so that, he could swoop that in? That wouldn't surprise me. But yeah, so we're going on this tour with Dave O'Neill. I think is the road. Um, and um, so, yeah, we, we get to, we, yeah, it's, you're right. We get to do a victory. A, well, it's a victory lap and a goodbye. Yeah. And, and I presume given it's a victory lap, we'll all be draped in the Australian flag. <laughs> oh, constantly. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And, you turn um, up with a suitcase full of clothes and they goes, nah, not, nah, not on here. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so that'll be fun. Yeah. yeah. Are, you, are you a good traveler? Do you travel a lot? No, you, no, I don't travel at all. Do you, uh, for, you don't enjoy it or you, you find it? Um, yeah, I, I I like to stay at home and read a book. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I haven't been many places at all, so um, it, this will be quite entertaining. Yeah. You've done so, this before, though, haven't you? You've, yeah. You've done the live. 2007, 2008, we did, um, for, for over about six months, we did all around the place, which was great. So right. this this one's sort of just going from mid-November through to mid-January next year. Right. Um, and sort of bits and pieces, and it'll be... It'll be fun. We're playing nice big places and hopefully people will come because otherwise it will be the loneliest <laughs> tour of all time. The show will have to go back into production to recoup the losses yeah, of the tour. exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, the reason I bring up uh, the, the travelling thing is that our listeners of the show will know I've just come back from a week in Bali, uh, a holiday that I went on with my parents 
which was a, a fascinating thing to do as a 25-year-old. I can only imagine. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, that would be like a travelling game show in itself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, de- very much so. Whose suggestion was it? Uh, it was my parents' suggestion. Right. Um, they, uh, yeah, I mean, they always, they, they travel, they, they go on, you know, a, a good holiday once a year. And they, you know, they sort of always offer. And I kind of for many years would go, oh, no, I'm not going to go on holiday with my parents. And then I just sort of turned around this year and went, they're going to Bali. When am I going to save up to go to Bali on yeah. my own means? It's a free trip. Just just take it. So yeah. what if it's not, you know, it's not the best thing in the world? Have you been to, you, you said you haven't traveled much. Have you, I take it, yeah, you haven't been, have you been to Bali? Alan? No, no, I haven't been to Bali. It is a, uh, it is a full on place. It oh, okay. It's very interesting. Um, a lot I of wanted, Australians? A lot of, hmm? lot of, uh, a lot of Australians. Probably more Australians in one place than I've ever seen here. If that's, that does right. somehow doesn't make sense, but it certainly felt accurate at the time. It's a great, it is a great place to go uh, if you want sunshine, uh, cheap clothes, and to see the worst that Australia has to offer. It is really uh, one of the best things I saw was you, uh, you, you get. You get proposition for sex in the street a lot. Well, I presume everyone does. Uh, <laughs> Stop it. You're, you're exactly the sort of thing they're into, which is, and I mean this with the greatest of respect, a lady man. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Are you propositioned by Australians, I take it? <laughs> Giving you, you... you get the, the, the way they, this, this is how they get you. You're walking down the street and a girl go, oh, you need a taxi? And you're like, no, no, you want a sexy lady? It's like, how do we go from me getting a lift? Somewhere to me, copping at root. How does that? How does that work? Well, if you, I mean, obviously the sexy lady is close by. So sure. If you don't want to leave that area, he just immediately assumes. Yeah. With yeah. Sexy yeah. results. Well, th- this is the thing because I. <laughs> Why wouldn't you want one in the taxi as well? <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah. What's the flag? In case for? you get travel sick, you can be concentrating on that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing about, like, because I, I sort of have an, a curiosity with things like that where, you know, they go, do you want a sexy lady? And I, I you know, I don't want to, I don't want to have, I don't want to pay to have sex, but I am curious about what happens between me saying yes and me, like, where do we go? Do you know what I mean? Like, that's, I just have this curiosity about what would happen next if I was to say, yes, I do. You know, like, I almost felt like going, you know, that they go, do you want a sexy lady? Me going, Let's say hypothetically I did. How sexy? What, what would happen now? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I think he would say, I don't deal in hypotheticals <laughs> because he's a businessman. Sure, okay. And because uh, I don't know what hypothetical means. The, can I, the only, I, I, because I haven't been to Bali and I have never, in, in a Balinese sense, mm-hmm. been um, propositioned for sex, though I think I kissed a girl while someone was playing Bali High from the musical South Pacific once. <laughs> So that's Pretty the much closest, the same thing. Yeah, yeah. It's the closest I've ever got. I was one of the few times I'm travelled. I travelled. I, I I did some advertisements when I was young for, for a um, a travel company, and we went round the world. Mm-hmm. We went to um, Hong Kong, London, Los Angeles, and Sydney, and filmed these ads. Wow. We did it in 13 days. Jesus. Yeah, it's not. It wasn't fun. <laughs> well, it was fun, but it was one of those things where oh, 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 you know, you spent. I think we spent three days on a plane, right, all up. Jesus. But we went to. Um, Hong Kong, and we were filming in one of the markets, and it was just amazing. Like, it was extraordinary, you know, live snakes and all that sort of, everything was fresh and getting killed when you pointed, and, you know, all this sort of stuff. Just when you pointed it, things were immediately killed. You had, like, laser beams (laughs) in your fingers. I hadn't really thought of it that way, yeah. It was was very much that sort of fine line between life and death situation. (laughs) One minute your hand is closed, the next minute it's open, and ten things are dead. (laughs) Um, But it was run by the triads. Right. And the triad, the, the guy who was in charge of that market came over and money 
changed hands, um, at quite a sizable sum of money in US, uh, non-sequential US bills. And uh, about halfway through our filming, I realised I really needed to go to the toilet. And this market is, it's, it's just a big, it's a place of commerce. Mm. It's not a shopping mall. It's not, you know, anywhere like that. Hasn't been well planned. It, well, it hasn't. No. Yeah, it's just basically started, and someone's gone. I'll have a bit of that. Right. <laughs> and there are toilets, but they're not signposted. And so I said, I really need to go to the toilet. And all of a sudden, the triad guy was there. Right. And he went, I'll take you. And I thought, okay, I'll go to the toilet with the triad guy. <laughs> <laughs> and by the time I thought, and I think this this is why I bring this up because I think this would happen to you. You. By the time you'd said, what, hypothetically, what if I do want a sexy lady, you will be at the sexy lady. <laughs> sure, yeah, 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 My pants will already be down. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. even know how it's happening. And I, Surprise! And, and, this, and with me, I went, I need to go to the, and the next thing, I'm in the teeming throng <laughs> of the market, deep in its bowels. Right. And I can't see anybody that I know. <laughs> And I'm with this triad guy. <laughs> now, I don't know a lot about triads. I'm going to make some unsubstantiated claims for them in my head. <laughs> Go for it. And I am making those unsubstantiated claims or accusations in my head, many of which involve things that happen in John Woo films. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're, they're like the mafia in New York, how they control the garbage business. The triads control the toilets. Well, the, and this yeah. is so, so I'm deep, deep in the, you know, the, the steaming bowels of this market thinking, well, when are we going to get to a talk? And then I realised I've just disappeared with a guy whose job is being in a triad. But <laughs> unless I'm completely mistaken, is a crime gang or syndicate, yeah. if you like. <laughs> Not a toilet accompanying business. No. And then we're at a little um, block, a brick sort of unit thing. And he says... He points at the door and says, in you go. <laughs> oh. And I thought, what an ignominious but completely appropriate way for me to spend my final moment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I stupidly needed to use the toilet in a foreign country in an area which is run, we know, because we've given them money, by a crime gang. And people are going to w- turn around at some point and go, where did Alan go? Oh, to the toilet with the triads. Oh, right. Oh, well. well, well, that's the last we'll ever see. Yeah, yeah, Our yeah. flight's in two hours. That's yeah. a metaphor over there. He's yeah. gone to the toilets. Yeah. Oh, we'll miss him. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was killed. Sorry for laughing. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 that's perfectly right. I was, yeah. I was, um, I was killed brutally as well. Yeah, uh, pe- over... pe- pe- listeners won't be able to see this, but we're, we're interviewing your spirit right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. no body in the room. I yeah. was, um, my, yeah, my corporeal presence yeah. um, my, was, was destroyed by the triad. <laughs> we haven't even got the mics on. Your, your soul has just gone into the console and now this is just projecting out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, um, that's who found the Sean McAuliffe stuff. <laughs> I've, well, been, uh... I've been in the computer. <laughs> uh, Alan, I think I speak for both of us. Sorry to hear about that. Yeah, <laughs> it was, um, and it was brutal and it took a long, long time. And um, I seem to have done something, and I can't, you know, I, it was some talk of colonial hegemony. And after that, I blacked out. <laughs> well, yeah, I, um, I, I didn't end up, I, I couldn't take that next step towards So what did happen? What actually happened? It was just a toilet, and then you came back. Yeah, it was just a, it was a really, actually, really thoroughly lovely toilet. Well, um, triads are known for it. With um, a copy, strangely, of um, the Financial Times. <laughs> right. There. Finn.
the Finn fi- Times. Yeah, the, um, the pink one, the, the, the Times of London, right. uh, I believe, does, you know. Um, and there, then I went back to work. And you racked it out of the Dunnings just to teach the triad a lesson. <laughs> That'll show them. I've got one up on them. Yeah. yeah. All that nervous tension you really had to, uh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, I've never told anyone that story before, and you'll probably understand why now, because the end of it is me emptying my bowels. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. And so few stories with that at the end of them are a good story. Yeah, yeah. And and you've tried to give it the whole flourish with what you were saying before and then and then Carl yeah. going, So what happened next? Yeah. Well, I think we can <laughs> So so in and so unfortunately by you not going to be with a sexy lady, mm. you have you know, that triggered in me the thought of being in Hong Kong. Yeah. And now we've ended up with this horrible impasse. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did see the best response to being propositioned for sexy lady. I was walking down the street behind a, a family, uh, Australian family, and uh, there were a mum and dad and a couple of kids. And uh, this one kid would have been—he would have been about sixteen or so—and he's at the he's at the back of the group, like, he, and he's he's sort of straggling from his parents a little bit. Whoa. And as he goes past, uh, the guy goes, "You want sexy lady? You want sexy lady?" And he's he's got his cap on backwards, and he's got like you know big curly hair and a bit of acne, and he goes, "You, you want sexy lady?" And this kid just kind of looks around and then goes. Oh, I'll have to ask me, Mum. <laughs> I got a bit homesick. Well done, so, Ed. So, what did your mum say? <laughs> yes, very much. Yes, but uh, it was. Uh, I nearly got you a gift, Carl. Oh, uh, I, I, I drove you past. Nearly got me one. I drove past. It, the, the great thing is, this is the first. So, like, I'd never been before, right? And we we get to the airport. We're in a cab. We're driving down the main street, and suddenly I realise that we're in, you know, where all the shops are. And I go, oh, cool. And so I turn around, and the first shop that I see is uh, a t-shirt shop that sells nothing but black t-shirts with horrendous slogans on them written in white text. And the fir- this is the first item available for purchase that I saw in Bali. I've turned my head and instantly seen a t-shirt that just said on it in white text, shut the fuck up, cunt. <laughs> Who is buying that and wearing it around? But the awesome thing is... You see the Balinese guys who work in these shops wearing these T-shirts around, and it's great because they have they have no idea they have no idea what it says. You know, you see these Balinese yeah, they guys do. wearing really no. Of course they do. They wouldn't. You're telling me a Balinese guy really knows that he's wearing a T-shirt that says "Up the bum, no babies." <laughs> <laughs> of course he does, and he's laughing all the way home because the absolutely awful, awful fuckers that go over there <laughs> yeah. are buying this stuff, and I think that's one of the reasons subconsciously that I don't travel very much (laughs) because I am scared that I will be one of those people who just ditches all societal norms yeah. as soon as they go to a country, particularly with brown people in it. Yeah. And it is <laughs> disgraceful because it, it, there is a form of tourist racism, yeah. which is unconscionable to me, but people just go, and, and I'm sorry, you you indulged in it then. I did. They yeah. don't know what they're saying. Of course they do, Tommy. They, they are, it's a it's a yeah. You bad bloke, flight. Tommy. It's a two hour flight from Perth. <laughs> so what you're saying is there's not going to be a Den Pasar leg of the Spicks and Specs finale. Do you? <laughs> um, well, no, probably not. Okay, yeah. okay. But Alan, I wanted to ask you this because you're you're a new father, correct? I am. What, what sort of uh, do, do you reckon you're going to be uh, when the time comes to take uh, your child on holidays? Do you think you're going to be do you think you're going to be a good travel dad, or do you like do you do you stress a lot? 
Because that's what I found. That's what makes a dad difficult oh, yeah. to travel with. I, I, stress head. Yeah, no, I'll, I stress a great deal. Okay, right. So I, no, I'll be I'll be awful. To no go. international trips. No, probably not. Um, I probably she'll probably go with her mum. <laughs> and I'll probably just stay at home and read a book. Yeah, surprise party style. Yeah, and 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 yeah, exactly. And and talk to them on Skype or whatever invention has yeah, been invented. Just be by beamed them. directly into their brains. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, oh. as we've discussed, you're a you're a non-existent spirit at this point, so you could just appear <laughs> yeah. in front of them wherever they want. There's exactly. No, there's no point in you buying an airfare. Good job having a baby, by the way. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's a uh, it's a form of spiritual surrog- uh, surrogacy that uh, I am at the forefront of. Um, and uh, you've got to be careful, though, because... Spirit boner. Yeah, well, mm. that's, um, that's, my, that's my hashtag on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> it's remarkable that you know that, because you're not on Twitter, are you? No, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not on any of that. Not on Facebook? No. Wow. There is an you... official site... Where do you get the news? <laughs> um, there's, yeah, no, I'm not. Uh, there's an official site um, that was done through the producer did my show at the Comedy Festival this year. But no, I have nothing to say. <laughs> um, because you, you, when I first met you, 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 uh, you didn't have a mobile phone. No, You're one of those people that rebelled against. No, no, I didn't phone. rebel. I didn't. I didn't feel it. All of this comes. Rebel from... is the wrong word. You weren't. You weren't driving past Telstra and throwing bricks for their no, windows. No, no, I, I didn't see any reason why people needed to get in touch with me that urgently. I had a home phone. Leave a message. Have you boycotted stamps as well? Or... <laughs> no, no, no. I love stamps. Oh, good. Yeah, I sent a postcard um, only yesterday. To someone. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I enjoy the work of stamps. I love email, though, because it's... I enjoy it's, the work of stamps. Yeah, I find them to be, I mean, historically, they've stood the test of time. I do sure. like the idea of stamps that, that someone, that somewhere there's a postman going, well, I'll post, I'll, I'll be able to transport this letter. Oh, hang on. I'm not bringing this letter anywhere because it doesn't have a tiny little picture of an echidna on it. <laughs> and neither should they. Yeah. <laughs> without that. I mean, our, our, if, if people were willing to deliver mail without stamps on it, where would where does that stop? Yeah, that is officially the thin edge of the wedge because stamps are so thin. Yeah, and I mean to build a wedge out of stamps is obviously quite difficult. Uh, but um, no, I like yeah. I, I I have I have nothing to say of any interest on a on on a moment by moment basis. Um, so Twitter is completely out. You're talking about stamps just before. Uh, listeners will know uh, my girlfriend is currently living overseas, so I'm in a long distance relationship, oh. which is uh, anyway that's. Good. Um, she the other day she she said, oh, um, you know, because it was my birthday a couple of weeks ago, and and before that she was saying, oh, I'm going to get you, I'll, I'll send you over a present, um, you know, in a package. And so she goes, I've gotten it all, and it's it's all here ready to go. But yeah, I haven't sent it yet. I'm like, oh, okay. And then another week goes by, and she's like, yeah, I still haven't sent it. I'm like, what? What are you what are you sitting on this for? And she goes, oh, just just haven't found stamps. Just haven't found any stamps to send. As soon as I find some stamps, I'm like. Man, how bad is the economy in the states at the moment? You can't even find stamps. You got to what are they like? A I'm like, how hard are you really trying? <laughs> also, but is she trying to find stamps? Yes. Like, is she financially in, su- she- in such straightened <laughs> times that she's just walking around going, "Oh, some stamps on the ground." She grabs them. Uh, yeah, no, she was making it out like they're 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 a commodity over there that is impossible to find. I'm like, I reckon if you just walk around the corner, she, you'll find some. She does work in Disney World, though, doesn't she? Yes, doesn't she? So she may be lost in some sort of maze over there at the moment. Maybe is that, <laughs> she works is that in Disney World. She's working at Disney World. Yeah. What does she do? She's selling glow sticks. 
That's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is pretty great. How do you get a job selling glow sticks at Disney World? Uh, they, um, that well... Uh, is, there, is, there a, is there a rave at Disney World where <laughs> Mickey and Minnie are off their chops? Walt Disney's spirit appeared in front of her, Alan Bro style, nice. and said, we've been, we've been keeping an eye on you. Um... No, she. Uh, they 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 recruit through universities and stuff. Like she studied visual merchandising, so they they put posters up and say, "Hey, want to work at Disney World?" And they all go, "Yeah." And then they get over there and they go, "No, actually, not really." <laughs> Supposedly, um, there is there is a very very in Disneyland. There's a very exclusive club, the only place that sells alcohol in Disneyland. Oh wow! Yeah, um, and I think it's like the it's a hundred and forty year wait to become a member or something like that. <laughs> but my favourite thing, what? and and I um, and Walt Disney started it, and there can only be something like 120 members at any given time. So hang on. Wow. This is an exclusive club that you have to join in order to be able to just drink a beer in Disneyland. Yeah, yeah. The only, when there's what? probably a pub next to the theme park that no. you can just oh, go well, yeah, to. Oh, yeah, yeah, but it's the only place in Disneyland, and it's got a restaurant and stuff. Right. But my favourite thing, and, and I believe this is true, is at the top of the Matterhorn ride, there is a pool room mm-hmm. for, with a pool table in it because to build it to that height... There was some regulation where it had to. There had to be something, you know, some habitable. Some part of billiards. It. Yeah. No, yeah. It's, well, yeah. So, um, so there is supposedly an area in which one can play pool, but at no the one top can of the Matterhorn. But no one can play because Waltz put his two dollars on the table before he got cryogenically frozen. Oh yeah, so they're waiting for him to come back. Yeah. And there's a line of yeah. there's a line on the board of people right, and they're just like. Mickey, Minnie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard that that's how Walt Disney died. Like, um, <laughs> someone thrashed him in pool, and it's so cold up there, he had to run around the table with his pants down, and he uh, got frostbite yeah. and died. <laughs> well, that no, and that's where yeah, you're exactly well. That's where the cryogenically frozen myth comes from. <laughs> yeah. The only thing that was cryogenically frozen was his genitals <laughs> and his toes, and the poor guy. So that'll be good in the future when he they bring that back, though. Well, exactly. The thing is that we'll just see, you know, the first thing because he was one of the first people cryogenically frozen. One of the first things that may emerge when they are able to bring him back to life um, in a post-human state will be Walt Disney's cock, <laughs> and that'll be on the poster. Be like Walt. <laughs> it's a shame Spicks and Specs won't be around to have that on as a guest. Yeah. <laughs> well, this this actually sort of ties into uh, the Disney World stuff. What we were talking about before with uh, with with Balinese t-shirts, uh, the the rude slogans and stuff. I saw a t-shirt in in Bali for sale that my girlfriend also saw recently. She's she's there at work at Disney World selling her little glow sticks. Yeah. Some bloke comes in wearing a black t-shirt that says on it, "I'm not a gynecologist, but I'll have a look." Now. That is, that's your clothing choice for Disney World, you know? And what's he going to do with those glow sticks? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the happiest place on earth wearing a T-shirt that's got a reference to the happiest place what on if, earth. What like, if that's, that's what he was doing? Like he, and then he went on to go, I am a, yeah, I'll, I'll have a go to gynecology and I've got these glow sticks so I can see what I'm doing up there. <laughs> That is a very strange clothing choice for a kid's yeah. thing. It's a very ch- it's a very strange lifestyle choice. Yeah, exactly. Because I, I think that says more about the inside than it does about the outside. Sure, and that's the thing about joke T-shirts is, that, as I was saying, I, I wanted to buy Carl one of the most horrendous ones I saw as a gift. But there's you, you can't you can't buy something like that with irony. You know, like no. you're still even if you're getting it for someone to give to them as a joke, you are still the guy spending 20 bucks on a t-shirt that says I heart pussy. Like there's no, <laughs> there's no way around it. You know, you, there's no way to ironically hand over cash. Yeah. And that's, I just, I just got, I just got embarrassed about people saying. And I think, I, 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 I think that is a problem. You know, <laughs> I, 
when I became a natural, when I became an Australian citizen, someone gave me a T-shirt that said "Fuck off, we're full." <laughs> <laughs> now, there was a bit of me that thought that was weird, <laughs> but there was also a bit of me that thought. You, this is this is not a t-shirt for wearing. But Alan, you don't get it. You'd pass your citizenship. You are one of the we now, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that was the thing. Oh, right, um, right. You, yeah. You're the one. You were the one that made us fall. <laughs> yeah. I was. I pushed over. It, I pushed it over the edge. Right. Yeah. So I just squeezed. Just I just squeezed into the Japanese um, train <laughs> as those guys with the gloves on were closing the doors. <laughs> and now Australia is positively bursting at the seams. Right. I came over here and I took your jobs. <laughs> But I bought my own woman. There are plenty. <laughs> oh yes, you did too. Mm. There are plenty of Australian comedians waiting to get on this show, and they're going bloody New Zealanders. Yeah. They come over here, they take our podcast guest appearances. Exactly. And all I can do is apologise to them. <laughs> well, Alan, before we wrap up, we're just about at the end. Uh, Spicks and specs coming to an end. What happens next for Alan Bro after you do your residency out the front of a Subaru dealership? Um, I imagine that I will um, slowly fade into obscurity <laughs> and become so obscure that I won't even be noteworthy enough to be on one of those. Oh. Where are they now? Oh. You won't even you won't even be on the answer on some tampon uh, question. No, I, I certainly I certainly won't. You'll um, make a fan say, "Oh, come on." No, I, right? But look, it's one of those things where uh, I'm I'm being quite serious in a way about this because you know you you never really can tell, um, and hey, got to be on a show that people liked for seven years. Could be a lot worse. Yeah. Spicks and Specs was on for so long that I can almost envision a quiz show starting up about Spicks and Specs. Right. <laughs> you know, I... what episode did Dave O'Neill make his first appearance? <laughs> God, I can't even remember that. <laughs> it was such a long time ago. Yeah. It was when we still, you know, when everything was engraved on those stone tablets that we had. <laughs> um, no, I, look, I, I, the, I'll I'll do a few things. I do the radio. I, I work on ABC Radio. Yes. Uh, so I'll continue doing that, and um, yeah, look for me in a shop somewhere, <laughs> working behind the counter. What sort of looking, shop? Looking taller than you expected. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and 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 someone going, are you that? No, you couldn't be. No. And no. that'll I'll that'll, just have the age things. That that'll be my epitaph, <laughs> which will be, aren't you that? No, you couldn't be. Yeah. That's what it'll say on my gravestone. What? That or, despite my best efforts, things turned out quite well. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Alan, thanks so much for joining us uh, on the show today. We really appreciate you coming in. Hey, well, thank you for asking me, and I appreciate you allowing me to come in, because yeah. doing it from outside of the studio would have been lonely <laughs> well, and weird. It'd be possible for you, though, because you're a spirit. Ah, so. uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, the final episode of Spicks and Specs is on the ABC in November. The finale tour is on from November this year till January of next year. Have yeah, I gotten yeah. that right? 12th, 13th and 14th. In Melbourne is the final show. Great. And And, um, start at the Horden Pavilion in um, Sydney on November the 15th. Wow, they really drilled that into you. (laughs) Um, uh, If you want tickets and other info, you can go to thefinale.com.au. Thanks, guys, for listening. We hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, If you want to get in touch with us, littledumdumclub at gmail.com. We're on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us over there, thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. See you, mate. See you, mate. Hey, girlfriend, understand it is what it is anyway.